Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. There used to be a guy who, like, was my sidekick and would go, Innovation Crush. And then I thought it was corny, so I, I, I fired him. Oh. No, I see. No, I didn't fire him. He, he moved it's on rough. to bigger and better things. Brutal. Um, true, true, very true. <laughs> I better stay on my toes here. <laughs> in case you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers all things innovation, <laughs> ideas, creativity, smart people doing smart things, and risky things. Um, say hello, Joanna Angel. Hi. How are well, you? Well, that's very sweet of you. You think I'm a smart person. We'll, we'll see. No, no, no. <laughs> you are. No. You are a, uh, a pioneer, as they, as they say. Oh, um, nice boots. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you gonna? Are you? Are you in danger? Am I in danger? Yeah, those are no. like dangerous. Like those are like no. self defense. I'm boots. in danger of looking my height. <laughs> <laughs> very good. That's what I'm in danger. Which is four eleven. If I'm yeah, correct. and like um, three quarters. Oh, you're really tall yeah. on a, on a podcast. So. Yeah. Um, let's do a ninety second introduction. I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, and then I'm gonna ask you a bunch of like really nosy questions. Okay, well, my name is Joanna Angel. I am the owner of Burning Angel Entertainment, um, or known as BurningAngel.com. It is uh, an adult film site, (laughs) an adult website. An adult is for adults. It's for (laughs) grown-ups. It's been around since 2002. Um, Wow. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's what I do. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, but not only that, like, I mean, you know, I think your career has been pretty stellar. And the re- one of the Thank reasons you. I was like, I got to talk to her <laughs> <laughs> is because, you know, I look at the adult industry as something that um, is oversaturated. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's not a lot of room for innovation, but you found a way to, like, really make a path um, coining alt porn, the you know, kind of like really defining like the the punk movement and and, and so on and so forth. So just kind of walk through the the process that you went through to 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 really maintain your your success at this level. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the company started in two thousand two, so there's been like a, a lot that has gone in there. But I, I guess from the beginning of it, um, you. I've always had a knack for girls with tattoos and stuff like that, which um, it's weird. I, I feel strange these days because um, people are like, you're an innovator. You've really carved your own niche. You put girls with tattoos in porno movies, which, at, you know, when we first started was was very um, cutting edge at the time. Right. Um, but now it's normal because I've made something – well, you made it normal, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I made it that's, normal. That's a, di- yeah. that's a, that's so, a key differentiator, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, what was happening in 2002? Because I, like, I read an article where you, you referred to uh, suicide girls as the McDonald's. I know. Everybody keeps telling me that. It's like, I said it once, and I said everybody it one wants time. me to elaborate on it all the time. <laughs> I said it one time. But, no, it only mean that in the sense of, like, what was happening at that time that you were like, you know what? I'm going to... I'm uh, Me too, but better. Well, honestly, um, us... Uh, and Suicide Girls actually started at about the same time. Um, I didn't even know about Suicide Girls when we started. Like, literally, I think it was within a couple months, which is kind of strange. that there. And I was living on the East Coast, so it's kind of strange that there was somebody on the... Whoa. <laughs> just sucked my, down. I was trying to get down to your height. So, no, my chair, like, um, leaned back really weirdly and uncomfortably. Yeah, and I, it was But funny. I'll just sit up straight like this. Um, but, yeah, just... 
when Burning Angel very first launched, someone was like, oh, there's a website kind of like this. Here it is. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just kind of like, I was very busy. I didn't really, I had just started a website. Of, they just launched a company, you know, and I had so much going on. I didn't really pay attention to what Suicide Girls was. But then like about a year later, like you couldn't really go anywhere without hearing that name. Right. And then we kept getting compared to each other again and again and again. Um, uh, but yeah. But I think that happens a lot too because you get like – uh, Periscope and Meerkat, like you get, like right. these things will pop but up at honestly, the same time. Like we had, you know, it was just kind of funny. There were two people sitting on two coasts, right? Thinking of like, oh, let's put like um, tattooed girls on the internet naked. Um, but I think <laughs> we stopped getting compared to them when um, we decided to take like a step and make like hardcore porn, right? Um, and they're, you know, have always been very adamant about not being known as porn. You know, yeah. I think they would use the term porn when it was I convenient, um, but it's just photos, like topless photos. Some of them are nude, but there's <laughs> I nothing know. like I've explicit never, nude. Never, yeah, never. Um, okay. so that's what it is. Um, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. I mean, and that's great. So you got the the differentiator there. Um, when did you realize that you were onto something? Because like when you talk about it, right, it's pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna find some girls with tattoos and make some movies. And then as you next, like, I mean, I'm simplifying it. Right, a right. Bit, but you, but, know, you but know, when did you realize, like, oh, this okay, this is actually taking off? Because you were in college, right? When you, I was in yeah. college, so yeah. like you're like, oh, books. Uh. Well, I mean, um, I, I mean, from the day it first launched, I realized that it had some that it was something. Um, yeah. I mean, the day we launched, I just remember, um, it happened to be, uh, April 20th, 2002. And I was in college. So, you know, like April 20th when you're in college, is like a, a holiday, so to speak. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, this show is net G rated. You can, you can, we all kind of know what 420 is, right, Miguel? So, so there was this party at my house and, there were bands playing, and, and Burning Angel literally had just launched, and all there was on the website was five sets of photos, just, like, naked girls, and I was one of them. And um, <clears throat> um, and then there was, like, a, I put a few band interviews up there, and and that was really it. Like, when you think about it now, it was so nothing. Um, but at the time, it was, like, Everyone at the party was st- was stopping to be you were like. You to say they were stoned? As you were like, they well, they were, were stoned. Was sto- yeah, st- I mean, <laughs> they were stoned, um, and so was I. This is back when I did smoke. But you remember, this is great. This is a. <laughs> yeah, I had eaten a, a brownie, a vegan pot brownie. <laughs> I was like, does that technically add up? But yeah. I guess it <laughs> and it was so strange because everybody was coming up to me like, did you start a porn site? What's it like being in the porn industry? What's the connection between feminism and punk rock and pornography? And how does it feel to be in the industry? Do you think you're exploiting women? Like, what do you think domestic abuse and pornography have to do with one another? It was like I felt like I was in this like kind of like a nightmare where like everybody was coming up to me and they're just like asking me a thousand questions. And literally I had just a handful of photos on the Internet. You know, like it was like so 
nothing, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and and that had never happened to me before. And I also, like, spent most of college being this, like, political activist, you know? And, like, <laughs> I spent a really long time trying really hard to get people to pay attention to, like, real tragic things in the world that no one seemed to care about. <laughs> but they did care once and you put And then everyone that. stops and asks me what I'm doing and what it stands for and how I feel about it and what is this means for women and what this means for the whole punk scene and like this and I'm just like oh my god and I just remember thinking um I either need to uh move immediately yeah I'm like I either need to just I'll be right back yeah leave and never speak of this again and just take this website down you know which had at that time been up for about six hours <laughs> <laughs> Um, or I needed to make something really amazing out of it. And that was just a decision I made from day one. And I was like, you know, whatever I did here is something very powerful. And even though in the grand scheme of things in the world, it definitely meant nothing. I mean, nobody knows about the party at my, um, house that I lived in right. when, you know, when I was 22 with, probably 80 people there, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, that was really nothing. But in my world, it was everything, you know, yeah. and then there was like this punk like message board I used to post on all the time. And there was like this really long thread about it where everybody was arguing with each other on like, what's feminist and what's not feminist and what's what's punk and what's not punk. And like, so you were, blah, you were blah, already blah, blah, kind blah, blah, of blah. in the conversation to, to some extent. I mean, no, you, no, I was the conversation. Yeah, I'm like saying before you launched the website, like you were, you were already in sort of the hey, like the activism you were on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was a very big. That was my whole life. You know, it was like being in the in the punk scene and being an activist and. Um, so uh, you had this, you had this, you had this opportunity, this fight or flight, right? It was like it was. It, either I'm overwhelmed right now, or yeah. and I should just keep my English degree and keep that and going. Just keep it, yeah, <laughs> what, but what? you know, I don't know. There was just something about it I really liked. I thought it was cool, even though the website was nothing at the time. It was a bunch of these terrible pictures <laughs> that really were not making much of a difference in the world. And um, I don't know. I just thought there could be a lot we could do with it, and I still feel that way to this day. You know, like I have the power to to put stuff in my movies and people will watch it. And so it's all up to me what I feel like putting in there and what I feel like showing the world. And yeah. um, it's kind of crazy. And numbers wise, I mean, you're in the three hundreds of, of uh, like uh, movies produced, written, yeah, starting. Something like that. Yeah. I think it's uh two something. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I love this idea of perception, right? Um, because I think there is something empowering, right? We In traditional industries, we talk about male-dominated industries, and the boardroom is this and that, and, you know, and so on and so forth. But you here you are, you had this moment w- where perception was at risk. Um, you know, how do you, uh, let's, what are we 15 years later? Like, what? what is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really strange. What's, what's, so what's changed? Yeah. I wish I wrote, like, like kept a journal or something at the time because it's so strange that every, almost every interview I do, people want to talk to me about the beginning. And the beginning is so long ago now. I'm like, yeah. I don't even remember the beginning anymore. So I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know at that time that 15 years later I would still be talking about that yeah. day. You know, so it's kind of strange. I think it's every but, entrepreneurial um, journey, yeah. Yeah, I guess everybody wants to know how it started. Yep. But it wasn't like it that's the thing about Burning Angel. It never just took off overnight. Like every year 
was a very kind of like gradual process, you know, of like, of like, okay, like we made some money and put that money back into the company. And then I made some more money and put that money back into the company, you know? And then like after about five or six years was when I was finally able to like quit my other job, you know, like, and that was a big step for me when I was like, okay, I can actually like pay all my bills and my rent with money coming in from the company. And I I don't know, like every year has been like a different challenge. And then there were some years that like we went up and some years that we went down and, you know, just like any business, um, I think sometimes people forget that, just because you're making porn, you like some people think that regular day to day issues that um, no, you're a business. It's a business. Yeah, it's and, a I business. mean, it's, it's a massive business. You know what? What were some of the woes you had to go through as an entrepreneur? Right? Like, of course, like that day one is you know perception, and people are like playing like, what are you doing? But then as you start to, yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I think the hardest part was, you know, of running a small business. And I think anybody can relate to this. It's like you get very close. You know, you're like a family with all the people you work with. And right. it gets very difficult when you you got to cut someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were the first time you, I got You got to go. Yeah, the first time I had to, like, fire someone. It really, like. I was I had to like go to therapy over it. I really didn't like it. I'm re- not the real therapy? To, yeah. <laughs> I like really did not like it at all, you know, like it's and that's very tough to do and because when you let you let people into like every aspect of your life, you know, yeah. like your work really is your life. Like the the old office was in my apartment, you know. Right. So people were like, it's really weird. It's kind of scary too. You're like, oh, I have to tell someone they can't work for me and like, <laughs> and they're in my living room. <laughs> How good are you at firing people now? <laughs> Well, I think <laughs> like I'm real good I'm, at it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm that good at it. I'm still not very good at it. Um, unfortunately, there's just I've, I've gotten smarter along the ways, and I know. Yeah. I know. I, I don't know. I don't like change, so I, I when I hire someone these days, I'm like I I got to make sure I'm picking the right person, so I never have to get rid of them until they want to leave. <laughs> um, um, but that you know that's that's like uh, that was always um, a very challenging thing. Um, you know, I, I mean, it was like a big thing when I first got in the industry. Everyone's like, "You shoot girls with tattoos? That's so crazy! That's so that's that's so that." And that was like really the thing. And then five or six years later, you're like, "Okay, everybody's shooting girls with tattoos. Like now, right? How do we do we do we pick something else that's edgy, or do we just try to be the best at this, or or what do we do? You yeah. know, and like so, just kind of changing the brand, but keeping the brand at the same time. And right. It's like, um, so, and what it's it w- easy when you launch a brand, you know, everybody's interested in a new brand, but, um, oh, yeah. evolution is probably yeah. the hardest it's thing, di- right? It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I understand. And especially in your industry, right? Because I think the other thing is that it's, I mean, you go to you porn, red to like right. whatever, you know, there's piracy abound that like you, you could, it's easily discoverable. And because of that, it's like YouTube There's you know. Two billion, you know, videos on YouTube, and then you go like, all right, there's a few stars who have risen to the top, despite everybody making sort of similar content in a way. Um, I know, I know, and that's very difficult. Like yeah. staying ahead of the curve, um, is really difficult. Um, yeah. Have you have you looked into? Uh, and I know, I mean, the other part of the reason I wanted to, to chat with you is because I think most industries look at the adult industry in terms of like technology, consumer engagement. You know, I used, I used to work at Playboy and we called our audience users, right? There were, there were viewers and then there were users um, and kind of segmenting audiences and like looking at, you know, piracy and just every, all the different woes that are happening in the music industry or in film and television. Yeah. Um, There's no easy answer. Like yeah. I think people, they'll have me on 
podcasts or radio shows or, or news shows yeah. or whatever all the time, and they're always like, what do you do about the piracy? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Every day I wake up, I cross my fingers, and I hope we're still in business. Like, <laughs> if I had the solution, I would put it in a bottle and sell it, you know? But, 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 but you are doing something right, that, and I think that's the thing. we're like, still in business, yeah. you know? Like, I've, I've definitely I've, I've cut costs down, and you just got to figure out how to make consumers excited about paying for it. I'm trying to launch some different things. You know, the problem is I really do love making porn. Um, I do. Like, I love it. Yeah. I, I didn't even know I was going to love it this much when I first started right. it. You know, like, I love making movies, and I feel like in the past 10 years, I've become better at my craft, and now I feel like the main goal is try to find something else that's not porn that we can make money off of so we can keep <laughs> making porn, you know? It's kind of like, well, it's like you see musicians doing it all the time. Like oh, yeah. the singer of Offspring has a hot sauce, you know? You think he makes any money off his music anymore? <laughs> he makes money off his hot sauce. I actually know a few Great bands, example, by the way. Right? You know, I know a few bands on his record label, and they're like, oh, he doesn't care about anything. <laughs> like, he doesn't even want to listen to our records anymore. All he cares about is our hot, exactly. hot sauce. In your contract, it says something yeah. about hot Like, what? Why is this about yeah. record label? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's very common. Like, you see a lot of musicians, you know, like, they're making clothing or they're making alcohol or yeah. hot sauce. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm trying, I've been trying to develop different things where I can still um, exploit the brand that I've worked so hard to build on more, like, tangible products. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm cutting back on right. making porn. It's are you, going, like, are you thinking mainstream or are you thinking still adult? I know. You, I, mean, I'd I, mean, I'd, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to launch a, a liquor. Okay. And then um, I invested some money in a bar that I actually don't know if it's making any money. <laughs> I, <should laughs> I probably, think you should find out. I should yeah. probably check on that. I yeah, just go, kind go. of like gave someone money like a year or two ago and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just I'll call you later. I'll, <laughs> I'll figure out. Um, you know, just selling, trying to do, make, like, limited edition, like, autographed items and stuff like that. Yeah. Doing, like, webcam shows and custom videos and stuff like that. Um, which is fine, you know. I, I like doing all this stuff. But ultimately, I like making my, my porn movies the best. That's where my passion is. And it sucks to have to, like, cut back on the money I use to make that, to put money into these other projects that I don't really have the same love for. Right. Um, but it's kind of just. But you. But you, what it we sounds like right from the beginning you've been really smart about like all right as a business person realizing the diversification reinvesting in yourself and reinvesting like yeah. you made this investment you're doing all these yeah, other things. Yeah, I never did a lot of you know I think it's kind of good. I mean, even though I I I feel like I missed out when I hear some of my friends in the industry talk. Like I never had this issue that some people had in porn where like 15 years ago they were making too much money. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I never true. had that. We were always like a very slow growth. I never had too much money or even like way more than what I was spending. I always like made like a very comfortable amount above what we were spending, you right. know, and, and I was always kind of able to to live, you know, somewhat comfortably. Um, but I think a lot of people in porn, like, like just from when I first started and I first started coming out here, I remember some of the, you know, I'd go to meetings with some of the different offices and there was like, 
huge, huge, giant, you know, buildings in right. Beverly Hills where everyone was driving Bentleys and there's massage people in the offices and, you know, there's <laughs> brand new Macs and Fiji water fountains and, <laughs> you know, and this is like whatever, you know, and people were making these porn movies where they had helicopters and they were shutting down like the 7th Street Bridge and they were like getting like a hundred extras and lighting things on fire and getting really expensive like custom-made costumes like I remember going on some of these other sets and being so jealous and being like wow these people like they're really on to something this is crazy I hope I can make enough money one day so I can even do half of what they're doing and like all those companies are out of business you right know? yeah <laughs> I mean that, so thing. I since I never had money to waste <laughs> since everything <laughs> I've always had has been like very modest you know right. I never had enough money to make a stupid decision you know like but there's, there's also, a lot of people that you know I know some porn company they invested like I don't even know like 10 million dollars into this cable thing that didn't wind up working out. Like, I never had, like, giant money like that to make a big mistake to put me under. But so is that also, is since that it's also... been, like, a slow growth, I think I've, I've kind of lucked out for that much. And I also don't have to be one of those people. I have a lot of friends now that have been around in the industry for a while. And they all, you know, they had to, like... It sucks to move down. You want to move up in life. So when you're living in this, like, giant house with four cars and you're going on really fancy vacations and blah, 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 blah. And then, like, then when you have to live for half of that, even though to your average person you're still doing pretty well. But to your own self, you know you're living on one quarter of what you used to live on. Like, I never had that problem because right. you're like, I've always I was been never living on a quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always been kind of just, you know, living pretty modestly, you know, like. But is that a, is that like a personality trait? Because you know, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I, I read this interview where your mom was interviewed, and it was oh my god, you found that that, that gem, <laughs> yeah. But it's great. But it's it's like she is the complete opposite end of of you. But there's this like frugality. There's this like Jewish mom, yeah, you know, in yeah. you that's like oh well, let's not let's be careful, right? Like what right. what is, maybe that plus. Whatever other things, you know, what kind of manifests from your mom or from your childhood, things that you've learned that kind of stick with you to, to this day? Um, yeah, but, you know, definitely being smart with my money is one of those things my parents always taught me. Um, but there's just this, I mean, my parents love me unconditionally, but there's just always this thing when you're Jewish that's like whatever you're doing isn't good enough. You get this like self-hatred, you know, that we're all born with. <laughs> and I don't think we can get rid of it. And, and that's always just born kind of... Born with self-hatred. That'll be the title ever, of this episode, by the way. Yeah, like, people always talk to me. They're like, so how does it feel now that you've made it? And I'm like, I have not made it. Like, I always have, like, 20 more steps to go in my head. Wherever I get to, I make myself really realistic goals. I've never been, like, this big dreamer. Like, oh, I want to, like... You know, I think of very, very realistic goals, and I conquer them, and then I think of another realistic goal, and then I conquer that. And, you know, I'm always just kind of, like, climbing forward. I've never been, like um, – it's just never been part of my personality or my parents either to just be, like, kind of delusional or, like, right. be, like, a big dreamer or um, – Or, like, a, 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 like a, a big risk taker, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's – that's the thing. And I like, take little risks. Right. Little risks that I Calculated can, that I can that afford can to lose. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you you're, you have to know that in business, sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision. You right. know, and it, that's just that just happens sometimes. Give know? me an example of one. Um, there were some. I don't know. Certain <laughs> companies, I you know, we've made deals with that just kind of wound up falling through, and yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, 
what do you look forward to, right? Like when you, you know, I know like you're, you're thinking about the diversification and if that happens as a business person and, or like you want to keep performing, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that this is a job interview, yeah. but like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like what is, <laughs> do you want to, con- um, you know, continue growing the empire? Like what's the- I do. I really want, I mean, I think that's, that's just a part of a struggle I'm dealing with right now. Like I really do want to grow. I want to exponentially grow what we have. Um, we did just launch, though, literally yesterday. We just launched a VR website. Oh, nice. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm uh, curious to see how that goes. Um, have you seen the content? I've seen some of it. I have to figure out how to watch my own content. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's yeah. a... I like, I, I like, you know, we shot. That's the thing with VR content. You can't see it till it's all done. Right. Um, it's not like... Yeah, you're not watching dailies for the for the most right, part. Right, or you can't just like import the footage on the computer and then rewatch what you just shot. Right. You really can't see it till you put those goggles on and you see the stitched together thing because right. like what you're what you're seeing when you import the footage is just it's like 12 cameras stitched together so you can like you're basically seeing like a toe and then like another toe <laughs> and like a uh, half a leg and like you That's know, a you whole new to, kind of porn right yeah, there. Yeah, you need to like stitch it all together for it to make sense. Um, which we don't do in-house, the company that made the website for me. They're doing the stitching right now. I want to, you know, eventually do it in-house, but yeah. for now, you know, they're good at doing it. And, and also, I think I read something about you and uh, holograms or holographs. Um, well, that's what it is, Hollow Films. Oh, so that's the Hollow Films. Okay, yeah, Hollow Films is a VR porn company. They got exclusively you. do VR, and they just made a Burning Angel VR yeah. website, so we've partnered up with them. Um, and, you know, I, I created all the content. I own all the content, um, and they're, you know, they're going to, do the web maintenance. And How did you go like about, that. so were, did they coach you in any way on like shooting for VR, right? Oh, like yeah, and, yeah. and directing I mean, for VR? I'm like, actually very nervous because I haven't exactly done it like all by myself yet. Like, so they had me come to their studios in December. Um, also, I had, I had worked with them a couple times before, you know. But I, anyway, I went to their studios in December and they basically just like showed me what to do do you know like so I shot a bunch of yeah I I mean I (laughs) shot a bunch of content but I was essentially like paying their team of people to shoot it for me but I was still directing I don't know it was kind of complicated it was more like like I was in this like training thing you know so I I mean I I hired all the talent I picked all the ideas you know whatever just put my creative spin on it but they were the ones to actually push the button on the (laughs) <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the rig, you know, and um, and they're they're stitching it together. So they've kind of held my hand with all the content I've shot so far, and I shot enough so we can update the website for a while. But um, the next time I do it, I, I got to do it all, all on my own. Yeah. Um, how did you How did so, you go about this so storytelling part you know? of it? Like, what you know? How did you change the experience of what the viewer um, is going to? Yeah, it tap? is different. You know, it's kind of like well, I don't know how much porn you watch, um, but there's a <laughs> you're like I can't eh. say on my show. <laughs> there's a genre of porn <laughs> that's called POV porn. You know, where the the camera guy is. Yes, where I'm you, familiar. Yes, I'm sure you're familiar. <laughs> it's a very popular category amongst men. I, I don't really like POV. I, Do you? You know, I, that's the thing. I don't really I don't, like it either, yeah. but it's so popular on my website. I, that's why I have to keep shooting. Like, yeah. I, I, I think it looks so strange sometimes. Yeah. Looks like um, very technical. Yeah, and, uh, like uh, that's not my body. Like it's, I'm not in my in my mind. I'm not being fooled by the POV. So you're not. Yeah. No, people love it though. 
And it's also like it's very people hard. People just love porn. Like it's no, but I mean, a POV scenes always do better than regular wow. scenes, I didn't know that. which is strange because two people can really like have better sex when it's not POV. It's it's really like. All the guy's doing is laying there when it's POV porn. Yeah, no, exactly. And the girl has to do all the work. And if he's not just laying there, then it's, it's a girl's, just like it's like very most, jiggly camera work. Yeah, the, the girls. Okay, and I haven't seen much, anyway. but I've, I've okay, heard. Okay, so of it. it's kind of like POV porn, kind of, um, meaning like you're really you have to engage the viewer a lot, um, and then also just the way the edits work and stuff with VR porn or even just VR content. You can't really like do much, you know, like in a comedy, you like. Like, you cut back and forth to people. Like, you'll see one person's expression, you'll see another person's expression, then you see the whole room, then you go back to seeing close-ups on people's faces. You can't do that in VR. You're kind of like the viewer's watching the whole room the whole time. Right. So you have to just kind of think of things that that make sense. I did this whole, like, VR, like, four-part series that I called The Prisoner, and, I, and we put the camera in this, like, spot of the room, um which was basically like a closet. So sometimes I would shut the door and then I would open the door and be like, hey, do you want to see like what goes on in here? Like you're a prisoner. And I had a guy like laying in the chair like with handcuffs on. So it looked like, you know, like, oh, we trapped you here. Right. You oh, so you can, see, you can you see, can your see your hands. You can see the hands. Yeah. So gotcha. the person watching it can feel like they're the ones with their hands tried. And, and it's like, oh, like, here you go. Like, like watch what goes on in my, in my lair, you know, and then like, it's like four different parts where like I just bring different people into the room and we do like weird things and let them watch it, you know, and then like sometimes I would just like shut the door, you know, and then just open it back oh, up, you know, like, so oh, you don't deserve to see anymore. And then I, would, I was trying to get creative with the things yeah. you could do with the viewer, you know, um, but I'll see. I'm, I'm excited to experiment with it. It's like a new medium for me. Um, What's it, it, I, but I think that sort of. Um, I mean, that's an intense experience, right? Like, in, in, in some to some degree, like when you think about the empathy that VR creates, and like you are actually because I, I did this whole like 4D VR experience for mm-hmm. uh, it's a lengthy story, but um, but there is this sort of like it, that's an intense experience. POV is like yes, definitely. Like you feel like you're part, you, you are like, the yeah, star. you're inside of it. Yeah. I mean, didn't don't you remember when you were really young? Playing those videos. How old are you? Are you We're like, about the same probably, age. You're like 35. Yeah. Meaning like 19, yeah. like 21. No, you know. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't we have those virtual reality video games? Do you remember going to the arcade? And, oh, then, well, and you would you put that little, headset yeah. on and you were like walking through, you know? Yeah. I remember that. They were so janky, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like that. You put that headset on and you're really there. And it is really fascinating. The first time I saw a demonstration about it, I was like, this is like, this was made for porn. Like, what do you use this for if you're not using it for well, porn? Well, there was a movie, there <laughs> I was, was like, a movie, okay, and I always forget the name of this movie. There was a movie in like the 90s where the whole idea was like, oh, it's, it's a virtual reality, you know, future. Um, and it was exactly that. Like the first thing they did, what, it was a, like a, the guy had to sex, it was a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it, but the whole thing was kind of like Blade Runner-y. So it, I think almost everything to some extent, when it gets launched, it's used for some form of sexual, of course, yeah. you know, in, uh, encounter. Whether it's Craigslist and it's like, hey, you want to rent a house? No, no, I want I want a casual encounter. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like um, you know, or Twitter or Facebook. It's like people started reconnecting with like, oh, hey, you're cute. And it's just like it's all about some sort of conquest. Like what have you, I don't know, what have you learned about, maybe this is too deep, but like the human psyche when it comes to like an appetite for sex and sexual content? What I've learned is that 
everyone is uh, very different. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. I mean, it's... I think one thing with that all the piracy has has made happen, um, and I it's fine. They can be that way. Customers have gotten very finicky because they know that they're paying for something that's free, so they want to get exactly what they want. So I feel like in the past, people used to email me and be like, hey, this girl is really hot. Let me know when you have more scenes of her coming out because she's hot. I liked her. I'd, oh, okay. Thanks. I'll keep that in mind. Now our like <laughs> customer service emails are like, "Hi, um, I really don't like the color of the couch that you used in this particular <laughs> it's like super scene." Super specific. And there was this one position where the girl's tongue was close to this other girl's asshole, and I really don't like how the camera guy moved away at that point. I really would have liked to get a different point of view of that. So do you think next time you shoot that, you can get more of that? And I don't know why the girl left her shoes on for the whole scene. I would have, like, preferred that she left her shoes on for this position and not this position. And, like, (laughs) people have gotten so specific. I think as the market's gotten more saturated, everybody's getting more and more specific and kind of, like, I wonder how many emails that person sends per day. I know, and, like, I really, I try to please everyone, but, you know, at a certain point, I just don't even read the stuff anymore. I'm like, I I just can't do this if I start reading. And I try to find, like, maybe I'll find one common thing, because if, like, 20 people ask for the same particular weird thing, then obviously it must be something that I need to do. But they're all just so all over the place, and it's so different, you know? Well, that's a, I mean, that's Um, that's a good, I mean, it's a huge differentiator between 2002 and now, right, is that... The rise of social media and the connected consumer who yeah, can yeah, knock yeah. on your door all day long. How, and I think that can affect a lot of people. I know. I've it talked destroys to fans some, some people. It does. I've talked to fans sometimes. I'm like, how about you just come to set next time and just direct this for me? Because, like, clearly, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do to please right. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's the Jewish part coming out of yeah. here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm such do. a failure. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I also think that also speaks to to a, a strength and a personality trait that you have, which is that ability to filter out the noise and continue to inch along on whatever your vision is. Um, you know, what is that process like? What what is it to look at like a slew of emails like that or get feed? You know, you're constantly getting feedback, right? I'm Just getting like, so much feedback, and then you know, you get feedback from you, you know, like the my like web. Masters, you know, you get feedback from. Do you want me to scare Twitter, you, by the way? Do you from, want me to scare you? <laughs> no, I'm okay. From, <laughs> from you know any Hiccups. any kind of data that I get, and sometimes you, we see stuff on social media, and we're like, oh, good, this got retweeted like 500 times, but that doesn't necessarily always mean it translates into money, you know. So right. sometimes you you have to know like you're going to do things that are good for your brand, and then you do other things like <clears throat> like we made this nightmare before Christmas porn. That everybody really liked, and on YouTube, I, I don't know, there was like five, six hundred thousand. What was hits? Jack Skellington's name? Did you give him a name? Um, like a spoof? Because you do a lot of spoofs. I know, right? Did you give... What do we call him? <laughs> God, I can't even remember now. That's okay. Well, uh, my research yeah. team will, will get on yeah. it immediately. But um, people loved it, and on YouTube, it got like so much many hits, and the trailer, everybody, you know, got so much press, everybody was writing about it, and then, like, but the actual scene on the website, like, barely got any clicks, it was very strange, it was just people were more enamored with the idea of it than they were with actually paying for it, and then we'll have these other things that get no attention, and you think are going to be a failure because nobody's talking about them, and then they actually do 
they convert really well on the website. Um, so you never know, you know, and you right. kind of just have to try everything. And, like, it's like throwing something at the wall and seeing what well, sticks. Like, you know, I mean, you, you got to just try a little earlier. of everything. You know, that's how record labels work, right? It's like we're going to develop 15 artists. If one of them blows up, exactly. you know, then that then, pays for all everything the, exactly. else. Um, yeah. And even that, you're like, this song is the one that took exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, you're right. You're right. You just um, never know. And, and so... What's the? I mean, what's the most fun part of it for you? Is it the thinking of the the Jack Skellington yeah. spoof? Like, what's? Because I know, like, for me, I'm I, I love brainstorming. Like, you, yeah. you you give me a set of problems. I'm like, oh, what if you? What if we did this? But I hate the money and the I you mean, know the business side. I really do. I love watching people have sex. It's really cool. You know, it's like a really yeah. fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Um, yeah, the whole planning of it. It's like. It's like I'm pairing people up. It's, it's like I'm a weird, like, mini matchmaker. Like, you know, like, a couple weeks before the scene, I'm like, who would have good sex with who? And, hmm, like, no, this person's had sex with this person too much. I should really put them with someone else. And, like, oh, you know, like, I saw this person, like, talking to this person on Instagram. Like, maybe I should put them together. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, like, how to bring the most, you know, intimacy out of two people in a very yeah. non-intimate setting. Um thinking of the concept you know sometimes I write really elaborate scripts and that's really fun and then sometimes it's just straight to the straight to the banging title card and yeah. then just like going to town <laughs> but you know like they're they're all fun like every scene to me is um special um but I guess when we make something really funny I, I get really proud of myself I, I like comedy I like making comedies um and um, I have, like, a good group of people now that really understand my sense of humor. So, like, I can, like, put them in scenarios and they'll really, like, they'll really bring it. And it's really great. Is your audience a punk audience? Like, you know, or are they just kind of like, are they more curious about, because I think in some in some ways it's kind of voyeuristic. Like, you get to see a culture and a thing that you don't get exposed to. I think it's a mix. Yeah. I think it's a mix. I, I think I'd go out and say every every punk kid knows who we are, yeah. whether we are the ones they choose to, we're like embedded into that culture. You right. know what I mean? Um, Define punk for it. You know what? I don't even, I'm so out of the <laughs> but scene now, you know, it's been a but while. But you live but, it though, you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean. But you CBGB. <laughs> I was a little too young for that. Um, era <laughs> punk. Not, I wasn't. I wasn't going to shows in the seventies, but <laughs> I'm not that old. Right, right, right. No denim jackets. More with of the a nineties punk. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> More of a, but it is. Kind, but, I mean, it's kind of defined as like this rebel culture in a way. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, would think. I mean, it was. You know, you're you're part of a subculture. I don't. I don't really even know what that subculture is anymore. But um, to me, like growing up punk meant growing up. You know, with the, uh, not being okay with what was standard, you know, um, starting your own thing, you know, this very, like, DIY ethic, you know, like, not waiting for somebody to do something for you, just, like, doing it yourself. Um, very loud, aggressive, um, you know, a lot of times political-based music. Um, and then, like, a, just a scene, like, a, a real scene. Like, I used to go to shows, like, punk shows, like, every, almost every day, you know, like, and if I, even if I didn't really like the band, that right. was playing. It was like the community that surrounded it. Um, of the, just this counterculture. I mean, that's what it was. Um, I'm sure that has to still be going on. I mean, it know? happens. Uh, it's, I think it's a generational thing, right? Yeah, I think every yeah, generation it's has its own like voice of rebellion but, in, in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah. 
Um, How did that differ? I'm gonna go back to your parents for a second, right? And this is like pre-porn, mm-hmm. Joanna, yeah. right? Like. Uh-huh. How, what was that like, you know, because I'm sure your parents like were like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, why are oh, you hanging yeah. out with these? I feel like my parents have basically been saying, what are you doing since I was like five years old. <laughs> I've always been a weirdo. <laughs> it's an interesting duality to have, though, right? The guilt, but the exploration. I've always been a weirdo, yeah. And like, I've even been a weirdo in the community of weirdos I was in, you know? Like, when I when I became part of, like, the punk scene, I was, like, a little different than everyone else because I came from a religious family, and right. I, I, there weren't that many people around me that, that really had that, you know? And then, like, even in porn, I'm, like, in porn, and, like, with all my non-porn friends, I'm, like, the weirdo that's in porn, and in porn, I'm a weirdo in porn because I started the tattoo girl company, you know? Like, no matter what I've done, I'm always, like, the black sheep of everything, you know? And I've kind of been that way ever since I was younger, um, just always. But, yeah, I remember, like, uh, when I was, like, when I was, like, in seventh and eighth grade, I mean, I wasn't really punk yet I've more started when I was like in ninth grade but like seventh and eighth grade I definitely started just being interested in like anything and everything weird you know I was like painting my nails green and Mm. you know listening to Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails and like um I don't know just like buying whatever Hot topic. Yeah. Well, this was before hot (laughs) topic. Okay, Okay, like you had to find out about this stuff on your own. That was like a low-key dig. Like young kids now can just walk into a hot topic and be like, how do I be punk? You know, like I had to do so much research. This was like I and this was we didn't really have any like internet at home, you know, it was like this really slow dial-up thing. Like I literally would go into the East Village, I you know, because I lived in northern New Jersey and I used to just like take the train and go into the East Village and walk around and go to these record stores and like look at the flyers on the wall and like talk to people and like I like seriously a researched punk like a like a person doing like you know like what? I didn't I didn't have the internet I didn't have right no friends you had to do that the were into you, it I did were, and then once real. I started to really like understand it you know and this all started because on late at night on MTV they used to have this show called 120 minutes that I would watch when I was younger it was mm-hmm. like where they played like the weird music it was on from 12 to 2 a.m. and I remember stumbling on it once and then like I remember seeing a video of the clash uh, on it and I was like oh what is this I need to like explore yeah. this more and then I like went to like Tower Records and I was like do you have a band called the clash and then I started looking at that and then like I started looking at whatever looked like the clash that wasn't the clash I mean like I really like found out about this stuff and then I was like oh there's all these people that hang out in certain places that like look like this and like act like this and feel the same what way was and, like, it? it was like really like kind of a funny thing and that start, sort of started happening when I was like in ninth grade and what was it that Drew you to like I'm a hip hop kid grew up in Detroit right. and I like there was something about yeah. hip hop that resonated yeah, yeah. with me personally and I can probably identify that what was it in you that was going on at the time that you were like yes this is for me I think it was just part of it was the look you know like I loved it I would look at like these spoken like a true little girl yeah so. like I like the look I like the music and I like the anger and I like the the feeling behind it I think it was just a mixture of just like okay these people like. They don't. They don't put up with shit. You know. Yeah. Like they're they're angry. <laughs> I was just like an angry little girl. I don't even know what I was angry at. You know. And I just I felt different. I remember yeah. just being around people and just not feeling like I was everybody else. And that's was you know what gets most people into punk is you're like I'm not like everybody else. So where do I go? I'm gonna go with the other people that aren't like right. everybody else. And that just kind of spawned. And that, from I, mean, there. I mean, I love that it. was. I mean, that was the beginning. That was like me in like eighth grade. But yeah, I remember like in high school, just like more and more. Like I'd be like bringing like 
Because that's when your parents really had to know your friends, you know? So I'd be, like, bringing people over, like, having my parents pick me up from places, and it's like, I'm hanging out with all these, like, dudes with 12-inch mohawks and, like, spiky <laughs> leather jackets and, right. you know, but... No, my parents didn't care. I mean, sometimes they were, like, a little curious, and they would ask me things, and they didn't like it when I came home, you know, smelling, like, cigarette smoke and stuff like that. That's what they were. They weren't, like, so worried about. But the they allowed you to dress. explore, though. They allowed yeah, you to kind of, like, yeah. express. Uh, yeah. They, and I wasn't really so bad, you know? I wasn't, yeah. like, a really bad kid. You didn't kill anybody, did you? <laughs> no. You can tell me nobody. No, I we, definitely didn't kill anybody. haven't posted yet. No. Um, no, but it's an interesting parallel. I mean, because I think all that stuff you just said still sticks with you to it this does. day. Like, yeah. how, differentiation, you know, kind of like a rebellious. Like, do you, I wrote this question down because I, I kind of got this hint of, like, how does Joanna handle competition? Right? It's, like, it's, t- it's tough. I do. I, competition makes me crazy. I, 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 I kind I, of felt that. Like, I don't. Looking, and looking, and looking it's tough. Um, I don't know. I got to just. It keeps me on my toes because I do remember we were the only company making this like tattooed girl porn and I just felt very comfortable in my place, you know, about whatever, like 10 years ago or something. And then I remember like other companies started making their own like tattooed movies or tattooed series or tattooed lines. And at first I was like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. No one's going to like that. And then I remember a certain point I was like, you know what? These people are doing it better than me. I, just because I was first, it doesn't mean I'm the best, you right. know? I need to step up my game. <laughs> I was like, I just do. I need to get better because yeah. being first only gets you so far. And there was a while where I was like, oh, these other people don't know what they're doing. They're not going to be able to get past me. Like, I'm the originator. I know about this stuff. Like, these people didn't grow up going to shows and this and that. I'm like, you know what? The people with the dicks in their hand, they just don't care. <laughs> 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 and I need to make a better person product and and now I you know I, I hope that um, you know because just making porn that with girls with tattoos or you know things that represent a subculture and this and that like that's just not enough anymore I mean I've become I think kind of a sort of real filmmaker or a real pornographer where my stuff stands on its own aside from just the look and the personality yeah. you know like I mean I, I have like a certain style of filming that um help people like that's beyond just like whereas I think in the past people would buy it just because they knew they liked girls with tattoos and I was the only one that had it now it's like people actually like Burning Angels porn outside of that um, uh, where so, did yeah. the name come from Burning Angel um, it's pretty hardcore yeah um, <laughs> you know my one of my first tattoos it was actually my second tattoo was like an angel and a devil and it was like on my back and I don't know and I was just like thinking of a name it just kind of like came to like me what? Yeah. Uh, my tattoo <laughs> tattoo girls doc. Yeah. no that's not mm. you know it's like a good girl bad girl you know like type thing um, the show's called Innovation Crush um, I'm curious, uh, aside from watching people have sex, what uh, are you currently crushing on? You talked about VR, you know, yeah. there's social media, there's all these brand extensions of what you've been able to do with your, with your brand, um, things you've seen, um, but what, what's kind of your current innovation crush? What's, what's out there that oh, you... Innovation. Like, give me an example of an innovation I don't know. Somebody crush. might like, say, like, like I did this VR experience where I was eating food at, in real life, <laughs> but I had the VR headset on, and that, like, one guy just he told me uh, the first time I asked somebody this question by the way this is a, this is a true mm-hmm. story it's like my first day of doing the show and I, and I was like this is a bad question um, <laughs> that's a compliment somebody was like, like the answer was pancakes and I was mm. like what 
<laughs> but then they equated pancakes to yeah exactly but they equated pancakes to innovation where it was like you start off with something super plain and you're able to you shape it and mold it. it into whatever you know add your own ingredients the big or small um, and that was more that's of a comparative a kind of thing you can't use that one though yeah that, I guess I can't one's use already it been, been taken. Um, I don't know what my innovation crushes that is like complicated just, just say innovation crush. Innovation crush. There you go. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, what did you think you were going to be doing? Uh, you know, when you like uh, when you were majoring in English. Oh my god. What did you think you were going like? <laughs> like I'm gonna write. Nope. You know, I like these photos. Uh, yeah. So okay. So there was a while I was into. Uh, yeah, I I I, I did want to be a writer. For a while, um, which is, ironically, I'm writing a book now. That's really difficult. Well, there's is it, wait, what kind of is it? A, was it a memoir, a journal? It's actually a... not a memoir, which is strange. I thought that I was gonna. Strange. I got a book deal, and I thought I was going to write a memoir, and I was ready to write a memoir, and I actually had some of it written already. And um, they were like, "How about why don't you write fiction instead? Like we could, you know, I guess whatever mm-hmm. you wanted more fiction." And I was like, "Sure." Hmm. That's interesting. So I'm writing an erotic fiction uh, novel. Um, There's your diversification right there. I have to finish it in like two weeks. It's really difficult. <laughs> I really should. <laughs> what's, really, what's the difficult part about it? Um, you know, the beginning was easy, actually. Like, the the beginning, because I had like um, all these characters and ideas for, you know, like I know I'm very good at like, thinking of a story and setting up the characters and stuff like that. Um, but now that the book is like three quarters of the way done, like characters have to really change and go through something. And, you know, like I think that part of the book is like much harder than like yeah. just setting up what's going on, you know. Um, writing is rewriting. Is, is, uh, yeah, and you know, writing erotica, I am really struggling to figure out more adjectives to describe sex, and there really are only so many. That's where, that's where the innovation is. <laughs> I the, the, know, right? I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, I cannot use the word moist again. I've used it like 500 times. And damp, I need... damp isn't a good no, word either. And damp, yeah, I've tried. <laughs> I have like read over the words in the thesaurus like so many times, and I'm like, ah. Oh, all right, I don't know. <laughs> There's only so many ways to describe an orgasm, you know? Like, I keep trying to come up with new ways because I hate doing the same thing that everybody else does. I'll send you some thought starters. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> quivering, shaking, yeah. eyes roll back into her head, you know, like yeah. moaning, earth yelling, earth-shattering, yep, no. grabbing onto blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't know. I bet you got to write out an orgasm when you write out a sex scene and it's like I'm just trying to figure out new ways have you sought like uh, a um, mentor in any way to go like hey Joe you written books before I what? have I've talked to people nice. and you know no one really says <laughs> they're just like you just gotta keep writing that's what everybody says to me that's written a book they're like just keep going Don't if you get stuck on certain words or certain paragraphs you're never gonna finish um, so just keep going so it's been really interesting I've spent the past like, and I didn't have that long to do it like, I got the book deal in late November, in the middle of late November, and they're like, can you finish by February? And I was like, oh, that's like two months. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, just make it a comic so book. So, yeah, I have to finish by March 1st. Um, and, 
Yeah, it's supposed to be like eighty thousand words, I think, and I'm at like sixty something. So I'm I'm a, I'm in the yeah, home stretch. Yeah, that's, you know. But I've just been like going to different coffee shops every day, like sitting down and writing and sitting down and writing. Um, By the way, how's the so double espresso with it's steamed good. almond it's, milk? Yeah, it yeah, right? it's really good. See? <laughs> Shout out to Postmates. Yes, thank you, Postmates. <laughs> um, I hope I wasn't too boring. No, no, no. I feel like people bring me on and they think. I hope I wasn't too too boring. No, I like boring. Oh, so uh, then maybe um, so. Yeah. This next part of the questions. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> so you started off kind of you know with a little bit of your. Uh, your oh, okay. So wait, I oh, was describing right. what <laughs> I would have done. What? Okay, so I did want to be a writer. That was the question. Oh, right. That's yes. I did want to be a writer, and then you know what? I really had this idea. Um, because I really did want to do something with, like, human rights or whatever. God, I, if I was young now, I'd be having a field day because it is, like... Oh, my gosh. There is, like, so much political activist shit to do now. Do you, do, like, do you ever take that stance in your mess. work, though? Do you ever take a political no, stance in your work? No, not in my work. I, I used to think about it, you yeah. know, but it's, like, that's really people, especially with this past election, like, I can't assume that everybody who has a membership to my website all voted for the same person. True. And this is such an emotional time. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like They voted who, for Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I uh-huh. know, right? Yeah, there you I go. Just, I told you I'd give you a thought starter. This is such a, a you know, a, a sensitive time. I don't want to write something that's going to make someone be like, no, I'm never jerking off to you again. You know, like, um, I just can't afford to do that. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious <laughs> who By the way, I, think... I support. <laughs> <laughs> because By I am way, not a moron. That's a hilarious, <laughs> angrily I, delivered yeah. phrase you just gave. That, it's funny. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, there was so there was a while. I I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to do this. I think I saw a movie where this somebody had this job. So I thought that that job was real. I really wanted to like work in prisons and like teach um, poetry to like people <laughs> in prison. <laughs> Because I saw a movie about a woman who was like a creative writing teacher in a prison. And then everyone in the prison decided they were going to write poems instead of kill each other. And I really thought that could be me. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad you didn't go that route. Yeah, I probably would be dead by now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would have lasted that long. In the dead Joanna society. Yeah, do they really have poetry classes in They have prison? all sorts of stuff in prison. Okay. I interviewed a guy who actually started a technology incubator inside San Quentin. Wow. And has been running it for five years. So uh, you're amongst great, great company. Okay. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it yeah. is pretty crazy. And then there's, I think they were rolling it out to like 14 more prisons around the country. And like these people were starting businesses behind bars. And a lot of them were starting tech companies. That's awesome. Let's say you've been locked up for 20 years. Here's the crazy part. Um, you don't. You're not allowed to have access to computers in the right, internet. Right. So I know. if you know if somebody was locked up before you started your business, like they haven't even seen haven't even the seen. internet, but they're designing businesses in, in such. That's form. insane. Um, so you were on the right. You were on the right track. Yeah, that's what thinking. I wanted to do. Years ago. I don't know why. I really wanted to help the people. No, you just tell a different kind of poetry. Yeah, <laughs> that was poetry like what I wanted to do. I don't know. Um, last but not least. Uh, it's another difficult one. You ready? Okay. You can do it though. I'm, I need you to put your, I need you to put your like most confident hat on. Uh huh. Um, complete this phrase for me. Okay. Innovation to me is. Innovation to me is sexy. Is that is that a good answer? Yes, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that's, that's very true. Actually, it's funny you say that because uh, I had a conversation the other day about, I guess, the design thinking in a lot of Apple products was mm-hmm. like based on. Sexy. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that was like in the room, that's sleek. what they talked about. It was They used the word sexy and, and uh, sexuality they to know describe what, the product. They know what they're doing there. Um, so, thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Where can people find you? Please go to burningangel.com. Watch my porn and um, enjoy it. And uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Joanna Angel. Instagram at Joanna Angel. And you can get updated with my life and my dog. All right. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Ramona. Oh. I might get a second dog. I had a second dog, and he unfortunately died. And so now I've just been like wondering if I should refill that hole in my life or not. <laughs> You're bringing up the immature side yeah. of it. Um, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in to this special thank edition. Thank you, everyone. This was a this of was innovation fun. crush. It was fun. Thank you. Should I say the like innovation crush? Like, oh, listen, yeah. you need a, like a. Thank you for tuning into this installment of Innovation Crush. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, no, oh. you just see. I just. You're supposed to go, Innovation Crush. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll do it again. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. All right. We'll talk to you <laughs> next time. <laughs>